Yeah, they might. Oh, I hear it. The hoodlums have sounded. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow, just a, a, a message today that, that I pray is going to bless you as it has blessed me all week long. That's one of the wonderful things about uh, those who preach the word, Brother Dan, Brother Chad, uh, Brother Frank. Uh, you know, we get the blessing of a whole week's worth of the sermon on our hearts uh, where you only get just a smidgen of that. Uh, so today I pray that uh, you will glean just an iota, just a smidgen of what God has spoken to me this week about this message. I'll begin by saying this. Isn't true love great? Amen? Isn't true love grand? Well, let me just tell you about one married couple, and I'll let you ascertain that for yourself. A mean old man and this woman had been married for many years, and they hated each other. During their arguments, the old man was known for saying this. When I die, I'm going to dig myself out of this grave, and I'm going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Suddenly, under strange circumstances, the mean old man died, and the funeral had a closed casket. After the burial, the wife went wild. She went straight to the local bar, and she began to party like there was no tomorrow. Her actions seemed so extreme that her friends approached her and said, Aren't you afraid? Aren't you worried? Aren't you even just a little bit concerned that your husband will dig himself out of his grave and haunt you for the rest of your life? And the wife said, Let the jerk dig. I buried him upside down. <laughs> Ain't love grand. Do you remember that song? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. I think what the world needs now, what the world needs to understand now is God's sweet love. And that's what your message is about today. You see, real love changes people. Genuine love makes a difference. True love causes transformation. And in John, 1 John chapter 3, John speaks of the greatness of God's love for you and I. For you and I who have placed our faith, our trust, and our belief in Jesus Christ to save us from all those sins, Brother Cass. To save us from all those sins and the consequences of those sins. Great love, God's great love, changes us. It transforms us. It makes a difference through us. Follow along with me in 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Behold, John begins saying, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we shall know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him 
purifies himself just as he is pure. Our verses today tell us that God's great love uh, tells Christians what we are. It tells us as Christians what we will be. It tells us as Christians what we should be. How great is God's love that we should be called children of God? This morning, I've got some Proverbs for you according to first graders. Did you hear that? So what I want you to do is, is I'm going to start you off. I'm going to say the beginning part of the proverb, and I want you to finish it off. You made your bed, now you... No, 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 no. You made your bed, now you mess it up. You better be safe than... No, 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 no. You better be safe than punch a fifth grader. Strike while the... No, 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 no. Strike while the bug is close. Don't bite the hand that... No, 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 no. Don't bite the hand that looks dirty. If you lie down with the dogs, you'll... No, 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 no. If you lie down with the dogs, you'll stink in the morning. Where there's smoke, there's... No, 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 no. Where there's smoke, there's pollution. A penny saved is... No, 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 no. A penny saved is not much. Where there's a will, there's a... No, 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 no. Where there's a will, there's a dead person. Mm-hmm. Children, they're awesome. I love kids. That's why I love Wednesday. They are always full of this proverbial wisdom. They're awesome. Kids are awesome. Yes, we are. Did you hear what I said? Aren't we just children? Are we still not children? Are we still not children of His? Don't we still say some really weird things? Yes. <laughs> some of us more than more, more than others. Don't some of us do some really silly things? Yes. Hallelujah. But I praise God that this morning, because of His great love for us, we can all become children of God. The NIV translation of the Bible, translate 1 John 3, 1 this way. How great is the love of the Father that has been lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Has God lavished His love on you? Yes. Has God poured out all of His love on little old you? Yes. Has God heaped up the love he has and poured it on you? Has he profusely poured it out on you? Friend, let me tell you something. If you don't think so, then it might be time for you to sit down and take an inventory of all the good and perfect gifts that our Heavenly Father has blessed you with. And on the very top of that list, ought to be His Son, Jesus Christ. You ought to be thankful for the Lord Jesus. For friend, without Him, you would be nothing. 
Without Jesus, you would have nothing. Without Jesus, you'd have no hope of nothing, especially eternal life. Friend, do you realize that God didn't have to save you? He didn't have to save you. Even though he created us, he owes us nothing. He didn't have to save us. We owe him greatly, but he knows, owes us zilch. He owes us nothing, even the blessings that he's given us. They're not related to your good looks. Some of you praise the Lord for that, right? His blessings aren't related to your good works. For some of you, praise the Lord, because there ain't many. God's blessings are not related to anything else that you can muster up. The blessings you've received from God are a direct result of who He is. Wow. Behold how great the love is that we should be His children and be called His children. You know, that's got a great ring to it. Child of God. I'm a child of God. And can I tell you, there is no more perfect parent than our Father in heaven. Friend, let me tell you, you may or you may not like your parents here on earth. But if you would trust in the Lord Jesus, I can give you a certainty that you will love your heavenly parent. But notice that word, behold. That's how John starts chapter 3. Behold, he says, what does behold mean? Behold means to determine beforehand what's to be done about it. When he says behold, he wants you to say, in light of what I'm getting ready to say, what are you going to do about it? In light of his great love for you, what are you prepared to do? Last week, we mentioned that the world doesn't particularly like Christians. That the world doesn't particularly like Christianity. Have you noticed that? We read and we hear all the time about journalists and government, late night TV comedians in Hollywood. They're constantly opposing anything that's Christ. They oppose anything that's Christian. Anything about Christianity. Friend, they don't want in God we trust on your money. Whose money is it? They don't want nativity scenes displayed even when they're in your front yard. Wow. They don't want to hear the name of Jesus even when you're praying it. The world doesn't want to see any kind of Christian sign or Christian symbol or Christian scripture displayed even if it's on a t-shirt you're wearing. You name it. If it has to do with Christ or Christianity, the world opposes it. But regardless of what the world says, regardless of how much the world opposes us, we must determine beforehand, in light of God's great love, that we are going to remain faithful to God. Behold, what are you prepared to do with the love of God. 
How great is His love that we should be called children of God. I am amazed. I am amazed at how great the love of God is for me. Because, Brother Cass, if you think you were a wretched sinner, then I would hate to see what I was. Consider myself the worst of the worst. And if God can save a wretch like me, then he can save anybody. How great the love of God he has poured out on me. Not only that we, uh, how great is the fact that we should be called children, how great is it that we shall see him as he is. The NIV translates verse 2 this way. Dear friends, now that we're children of God and what will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We talked about that in Sunday school. Brother, Brother Chad, bless his heart, was trying to get us to describe heaven. Well, we don't have a clue about all the things in heaven other than what's revealed in the scriptures. And one thing we concluded is, is that we're going to see Jesus just the way he is. We're going to see our heavenly father just the way that he is, not some preconceived notion that we've made of him. We're going to see the real deal. How great is it that we're going to see him as he is someday? Read about a guy who... Drove his car into the ditch, but thank the Lord, there was a farmer nearby to give him a hand. So he, the farmer hitches his horse up to the car, and that horse's name was Buddy. And he hitches it up to the front of the car, and he yells, Pull, Nelly, pull! But Buddy doesn't budge. Pull, Buster, pull! But Buddy doesn't budge. Pull, Coco, pull! Nothing. Then the farmer says, pull, buddy, pull. And the horse dragged the car out of the ditch. Curiously, the motorist asked the farmer, why do you keep calling your horse by the wrong name? The farmer said, well, you have to understand, buddy's blind. And if he thought he was the only one pulling, he wouldn't even try. <laughs> How many times are we Christians that way. I ain't pulling in the unless the rest of you is pulling with me. Amen? No one wants to pull with a blind horse. And no one wants to go through this life blindly, but how often do we do it? Let me explain. Have you ever made a bad decision? Raise your hand. You better get them up. Alright. Ever made a wrong decision? Get them up. We all have. Who hasn't made those things? Don't you wish that sometimes you could just go back and make changes and make a better decision? You see, oftentimes we're blind to God's will in our life because we're not reading His Word. Often we're blind to God's will in our life because the Word that we read, we're not applying to our life. Often we're walking through this life blindly. Why? Simply because we stubbornly choose our own way instead of God's way. Now, if you come back tonight, you're going to be finding out a whole lot about God's way and how God's way works. Can I get a testimony to that? Amen? 
But oftentimes we're blind and we're all guilty of this. There are none righteous. No, not even one. We don't always live by this book like we're supposed to. We're often blind, not seeing God, not really knowing God, not walking with God day to day. Now, I know that we can't see God literally, but I do know that we can see him through the eyes of faith. Back in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 5, the Bible describes the fact that when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, um, Enoch walked with God for 300 years. Some of us have a hard time walking with him for three years, much less 300 years. But then he had other sons and daughters. All together, Enoch lives 365 years. Get this. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. I've often said, you know what? When the Lord takes me, I hope it's just like a massive cardiac arrest. Man, my body just shuts down and I go home. Just like that. I don't want to suffer. don't want to hurt. I'm allergic to pain. Amen? Uh, I mean, Lord, just take me. But how awesome would it be if I didn't have to go through the heart attack? But he just took me up. He just took me away. I kind of like Enoch. And as I studied Enoch, I said, well, how did Enoch do this? How did he walk with God? And Hebrews 11, chapter 5, or verse 5, says that Enoch walked by faith. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. Before he was taken, Enoch was commended as one who pleased God. Man, I'm fascinated with this guy. 300 years plus, he walked with God. 300 years plus, he pleased God. He was actually commended. That a boy. You're pleasing to me. God was Enoch's constant companion. Enoch's constant friend. And I wondered, is this possible for me and you? Is it possible that God would walk with us through the trials of life, through the mountaintops of life, through the victories of life, through the valleys of life, that he would be our constant companion and our constant friend? Is that even possible? Absolutely. Many of you say, well, maybe I'm already walking with God. Well, maybe you need a closer walk with God. Amen? Is that possible? Is it possible to have a closer walk with thee? Amen, it is. I wonder, can we allow God to be our constant companion? Day in and day out? Moment in when I clock in and moment out when I clock out? When I wake up, can he be there? When I go to sleep, can he be there? My constant companion? Well, I don't know why not. But here's one thing I do know. The only way that's going to happen is through faith. Through faith. Through trusting and believing in Him. We can only see God today through the eyes of faith. Our human eyes are very limited, friends. We can only see a very limited things. My vision is horrible right now. Right now, all of y'all looking beautiful. Now reality sets in. Hallelujah. You're all beautiful. Our human eyes are limited. However, the eyes of faith, 
Woo! Y'all looking good, amen? The eyes of faith are not limited. And they're not limited. <laughs> Go get them, brother. They're, they're not limited except by our desire to seek after God. That's the only way that you can limit the eyes of faith is by limiting your desire to seek after God. I want to see God. Do you? I want to see him through the eyes of faith. Don't you? I mean, I want to walk with God by faith. I want to talk with God more by faith. I want to trust him more by faith. I want to know him more by faith. How great it is that one of these days, I'm going to see him like he really is. But it sure is a comfort to me today to know that he is available to me now. I don't have to wait. He's available to me now. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Friend, when the Lord appears someday, we're going to see him just as he really is. Not some figment of our own imagination. What a day that will be when my Savior I shall see. Hallelujah. Amen. How great is God's love that tells us where we are, what we will be, but his great love also tells us what we should be. How great is the love of God that we shall get this. Be like him. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. How great to know that someday, I'm far from it now, I understand that, but someday, I'm going to be like him. <laughs> Don't curse me like that, brother. Ever heard of Leonard Franklin Sly? Anybody? Ever heard of Roy Rogers? Same dude. From 1943 to 1954, Roy Rogers was the top box office cowboy. He was the stuff. He was the man with the plan. During his career, countless young boys wanted to be just like Roy Rogers. I mean, he was the king of the cowboys. He was handsome. He could sing. He could shoot. He was the best rider than any other cowboy. I mean, he was the best of the best. And all the boys wanted to be like Roy Rogers. But what you may not know is that Roy Rogers and his wife, Dale Evans, also vigorously supported adoption. They also founded and operated many children's charities. They even adopted several kids themselves. And they were both outspoken Christians. They loved the Lord Jesus. Roy Rogers was a great example. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul said, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. In other words, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, follow me in the ways that I follow Jesus. He could have said it this way. I don't do everything that Christ wants me to do, 
but I do in some ways. And in those ways, I pray you will follow me. Friend, let us resolve to be examples that young children can follow. No matter what your age, if you're a young adult or a senior adult, I pray you will resolve to be the godly example that the children of this church and the children of this community can follow. As we live in godliness, as we live in generosity, as we live in decency and faithfulness, let us always be pointing them to someone greater than ourselves. Jesus is his name. Be the example. Friend, we have the promise that someday, if you're a believer, someday you will be like him. But I wondered, what's that like? If I'm going to be like him, well, I want to know what I'm going to be like then. Well, Philippians chapter 3 tells us a little bit. It reminds us that our citizenship is in heaven. And as we eagerly await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under control, will transform our lowly bodies and they will be like his glorious body. I like that. Someday, Someday, we're going to have a glorious body like his. That means no aches. Can I get a testimony? This ought to excite you. No aches. No pains. How about it? No disease. The burden of cancer weighs on us all. No aging. Am I getting personal? No band-aids in heaven. What are they going to do? They'll be out of business. I told poor Jada on after Sunday school. I said, she's going to be unemployed in heaven as a nurse, right? I mean, what is she going to do? She's going to worship the Lord all the time. Hallelujah. No band-aids in heaven. No pills. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you have those big boxes separated by days? Right? That reminds you. I said, don't raise your hand. <laughs> that reminds you of all the pills you have to take that day. No chemo. No blood pressure medicine. <laughs> no grief. No struggles. No sin. Only lavishing in the vastness of God's great love. My, my. But there is something that you can do now to be like him. We can be like Jesus somewhat in this life. Verse 3 said, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he's pure. We can follow the example and we can imitate the purity of the Lord Jesus now. You don't have to wait. You can do it now. So how pure is Jesus? How pure is Jesus? He's perfectly pure. Absolutely pure. Without any impurities. 
There's three scriptures that describe the purity of Jesus real quickly. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God who made him, God made him who had no sin, say no sin. He had no sin to be sin for us that in him we might have the righteousness of God. Hebrews 4.15, for we don't have a savior that is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. So that in him we might, so that we are yet, so that he is yet without sin. Say without sin. sin. He's without sin. 1 Peter chapter 2. To this you are called because Christ suffered, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Say no sin. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. How pure is Jesus? Perfectly pure. Absolutely pure. I can't speak for you, but how in the world am I going to follow in those footsteps? How am I going to follow in the perfectly, absolutely pure footsteps of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Well, I want to use the the word pure. And just give you some direction of how you can imitate Jesus and follow in his pure steps. P. Pursue God. Pursue God. God said, when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found. Pursue God. You. Utilize your spiritual gifts. The greatest tragedy in the church today is the believer in Jesus Christ to utilize or is unwilling to utilize the gifts given to him by God. God has given him a gift. But he says, I'm not using it. You want to be pure? You want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus? Utilize what Jesus gave you. R. Reject sin. The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's all sin is. Is a desire of the flesh to reach up his leery head and try to take over your life. Reject him. Walk in the Spirit instead. E, expect Christ's return. Jesus said, Behold, Chad, I am coming quickly. I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, get this, to give to each child of God according to his work. How can you follow in the footsteps of Jesus? How can you be Perfectly pure? Do what Jesus did. Walk with his Father in heaven. We have the right model. We have the right example. We just need to be continually working at it. Following him. You see, practice makes perfect. Sadly, we have too many believers that don't even want to practice. Guilty as charged. There have been times in my life where I've just downright chosen, I'm not going to do that. And who suffers? Yeah, it breaks the Lord's heart, but who suffers? Right? Practice will definitely make us more holy with God's help. Without his help, we're nothing. So I want to invite you today. I want you to look to Christ. I want you to ask him for his help. And I want you to keep on walking in the ways that Jesus walked. 
How great is his love that we can be like him. How great is the love of God? It's great enough to create you. It's great enough to protect you. It's great enough to provide for you over and over again. It's great enough to sustain you. But greatest of all, God's love is great enough to save you. There's no human being on the face of this earth that has sinned so greatly that he cannot receive the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, you need to learn to say it. Memorize it. Believe it and live by it. God loved the world. How great is the love that God has lavished on us that we could be called children of God. Kind of makes you love kids a little bit more, don't it? Being that you is one, right? But you know what? There are people in this room today that if they're honest with themselves, they can't call themselves a child of God. They can't recall a single time in their lives where they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he did on a cross like that. And so as a result, if they were to leave today, they wouldn't be called a child of God. And the Bible says they would be eternally separated from him. From my heart to yours, don't wait. What a great day to become a child of God. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, what joy it brings my heart to be able to call you Father. And what love you have poured out into our lives, not only by creating us and providing for us and protecting us and helping us. Lord, your love was so great it could save us. Even from the worst of the worst sins. It's all the same junk in your eyes, Lord. So I pray in Jesus' name for anyone who has not ever declared himself a child of God through faith in Christ, that today would be their day. But Lord, there may be that child of God that has wandered from you. And we know that the child that wanders from you is no longer under your protection. And they've been experiencing a miserable life Father, I pray by faith in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would draw that child back to you and they would enjoy the blessings of an intimate and close fellowship with you. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to worship you. And Lord, we just want to testify today that your love is so awesome and we receive it in the way that you gave it, by grace. Thank you for loving us that much. In your son's holy name we pray. And all God's people said.